TFON podcast here for our season three, episode 12. And I got a good friend back in the building with me. If you listen to any season two, you know that when UCF and UC plays, it's always fireworks, no matter the score. Uh, <laughs> the fan bases don't like each other, and that makes it good for people that cover the teams. And I got my guy, Andrew Glucol, in the building. How you doing, Andrew? Doing great, but I'll tell you one thing. This is like the weirdest game week ever for Cincinnati and UCF. It's like quiet. It's like eerily quiet. You think so? It is. You're right, though. I think, honestly, I like as much as the fan bases love when another team loses, I wish you guys would have lost to SMU last week. Oh, man, uh, I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag. Uh, college game day was supposed to go to UCF That's for right. this game. That's All they was win, and it, it happened. Uh, my bad. I SMU, my bad. I'm sorry. It was, one of uh, my buddies is connected with ESPN, and they basically said, you blew it. You had it in the bag, and you blew it. <laughs> my bad. We played SMU, my bad. I'm sorry. I, I got yeah, it was East Carolina. East Carolina, and, and, and they absolutely curb-stomped. UCF. I mean, this game was over pretty much before it started. Yeah, I was sad. I was seeing rumblings on online about that too, and I was like, "Man, that'd be so dope to go down there." Because I feel like you guys had. I think the last time we played in the Balance House, or maybe two times ago, two times ago, right? And it was it was there. And you guys, that's when you guys beat the brakes off of us. Um, yeah, I was 2018. UCF was riding a. Uh, towards their twenty-five, the end of towards the end of their twenty-five game winning streak, and yeah. Cincinnati jumped out early on a fumble recovery in the end yeah. zone, and and then that was it. That was it. That was that it. Was that it. was all. That was it. That was all. Like that was one of those games I thought they were going to lose regardless, and when they had that fumble recovery early, I'm like, man, are they going to do it? They're going to do, it. and then it didn't happen. They didn't do it. Nah, it, but, didn't. <laughs> it didn't I, happen. But you, when you look at this, when you compare that game towards 2022. You know, that was the last time both teams were. Um, if UCF won, they would have both been ranked. Uh, but you know, this that was a not a terribly one-sided matchup on paper going into the game. This yeah. one's not that much different. Uh, these are actually two teams that that on paper don't look all that much different. For sure, man. That's what I want to get into today, man. So um, I got my man Andrew here um, from Black and Gold Banneret, and you know, I, I want to know like. Even with that loss, you guys have a lot of talent on that team. Um, what what do you think was the as a person that's covered the team, got a good post on the team? What do you think bit them in the butt last week? And then before we even get into the UC game, well, it's the schedule. You know, UCF. That's the first time they left the state all year. They had no real road games. The mm. only road game they had was you know in Florida Atlantic down in Boca Raton, three hours away from campus. That's not a road game. So this was their first real road test. And, and, you know, that's why you always like to have a road game somewhere in that non-conference slate. Get this out of the way. Yeah. And they weren't prepared. You know, they were they were woefully prepared. And, and they couldn't handle the hostile crowd. You know, East Carolina and UCF have a very long history together. Uh, it's the team that UCF's played the most in school history. Wow. Uh, it was 10-10 in the series. Uh, you know, the conference move, that last game was was probably going to be where that series sits for a while. Uh, there's a lot of bad blood stemming all the way back to the 90s uh, where uh, ECU's star quarterback at the time got his leg broken 
against a, a one double a UCF team. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of, of, of bad blood uh, that's pent up over the years and, and UCF's won six times in a row. So I mean, all the, the recipe was there for, for this kind of meltdown. And that's exactly what we got was a meltdown. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I was, I was sad about that. I, I definitely thought, like after after Saturday, then I won't be as sad. But, <laughs> but I thought they were going to get the rematch per se with 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 a game day there, man. I just knew it. I knew it was going to happen. You'd have had two top twenty five teams, or even like top thirty. Think about yeah, you it. You had one job. One, one job, job. Just one. Just one. And uh, <laughs> couldn't do it. Couldn't hold your ends to the bargain. But um, just like you know, people. You know, this is you guys are what. Five and two, right? Five and two. Five and, and two. I mean, six and one. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still those yeah. two of the three front runners of this conference. And despite the loss, you know, UCF still controls their, their championship game destiny. You know, they're, okay. they're, they don't, you know, ECU has two losses in the conference. So, this game is huge yeah. when it comes to how that conference championship game is going to start shaking out. For sure. For sure, man. So, let's dig into it uh, on offense. Um, not you don't have Gabriel anymore. Everybody knows that he's at Oklahoma getting his head pounded in every week. <laughs> Seems like selling <laughs> some socks. Hey, nil, man. Hey, I ain't mad at that. But at the same time, um, like, what's the difference in you guys' offense this year? Like, who are people that the Bearcats better have somebody on at all times? Like, how is you guys running game? I know you guys have a, I think, a two back monster back there sometimes you see them at quarterback occasionally um like how, how does they how does the UCF offense look this year like how is how how is that snake attacking these defenses well this this actually this offense is more like you would normally see out of a Gus Melzon designed offense a, a quarterback that can run it starts with him and you have uh transfer from Ole Miss John Rice Plumley. Uh, the guy has wheels, not the greatest arm. Uh, he's a baseball player as well. So as a result, touch is an issue. Uh, you know, definitely can work on, on some of his finesse throwing. Uh, but, I mean, they can move the ball when they need to. Still 1,800 yards passing, you know, 11 touchdowns. He threw three interceptions uh, this past week, so it's kind of skewed his stats a little bit. You know, he's 11, 11 and 6. Uh, but you know this this is a a run first team you have your top two runners uh plumley is actually also the team leader and rusher uh over 500 yards on the ground the the guy can just tuck it and go with the best of them and as you know that also includes sack yardage so he's averaging yeah. five yards a carry despite being sacked a number of times this year <laughs> so he, he's got legs uh he he's carried the ball over 100 times you have Isaiah Bowser, who's also carried the ball a hundred times. Uh, he's more of a, of a bruiser backs, not had the greatest year, uh, but he's a great blocking running back and, and he tires defenses out Combine him with actually two other running backs, uh, RJ Harvey, who is a transfer from Virginia missed last year because of an injury. He was actually a quarterback converted was supposed to originally be the starter last year, but, uh, got hurt before the season started and he was out. Uh, he's getting more and more playing time and he's kind of a, he's kind of a wrecking ball. Small stature but but hits real hard. And then you have the speedster Johnny Richardson who's really good on the outside. The guy is one of the fastest players on the team. Uh, can definitely put the Jets on. So you have 
basically four guys, two to three at any time in the backfield that, that can take it and run the ball. And, and this is a run first team. They've got well over 200 carries this year and, and they average, you know, almost 240, you know, in the 240 yard range per game. So they, they like to tuck it and run that that's their offensive bread butter. Yes. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting, man. Cause I feel like the weakness, not really weakness, but to, I guess you can't say weakness. I think like running teams normally give, you see, give them problems. If they can control it, then it's normally not good for that team. But if you're averaging four to five a pop on them, that's when it gets a little hairy because they like to go, stay with that three, three, five. And if that, if your line can control the Bearcats front three, then it makes it a little interesting. So I, I want to see that because UCF, not UCF, but USF, I thought ran the ball very well against the Bearcats on homecoming day a couple of weeks ago. And, um, it, it made the game a lot hairier than expected. So I want to see if the Bearcats have learned from their mistakes, you know, especially from them having to play against a, a running quarterback. Um, and I feel like um, Plumlee, it might be faster than, than the guy for U- USF, honestly. So we'll oh, I guarantee you is. This, this guy yeah. is ridiculous. So go look up his Ole Miss highlights against LSU from 2019. And uh, this guy is is got some – Subhuman um, speed right now. It's <laughs> nice. absolutely, you know, he he he's, you know, not of this world kind of speed. For yeah. you look at him, you know, he's he's, uh, you know, he doesn't look like, you know, a burner, but but man, yeah. he, he runs. That's what he does. He's an yeah. athlete. He's an athlete playing quarterback. Yes, yeah, true. Don't uh, good. The positive is the Bearcats backup is a good athlete, so I'm pretty sure they're having him do scout team this week. I'm guessing, and that's to prepare him. So. But now I just want to see how it looks with the other teams. That's going to be interesting because normally teams that can run good on the Bearcats have a good chance to make it close or even beat them. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Um, so, like, with him, with them being a pure run first offense this year, because that's what Gus likes, um, are there any receivers that the Bearcats should um, look out for when that run is starting to work and then, hey, they hit you with this random throw and then you're like, oh, my God, what's, how, how are we going to stop this? Who should they be looking out for on the outside? You've got three wide receivers that are all really good. Uh, you got Javon Baker's transfer from Alabama. Didn't really do much there, but he's exploded at, at UCF. He's currently team leader in in yards. Uh, you have Ryan O'Keefe, who's a holdover. Uh, he, he's the star of the Gasparro Bowl last year against Florida. Uh, team leader in receptions. Uh, he's He's kind of a guy who could do it all. And then you have Kobe Hudson, who is a transfer from Auburn, uh, came over this past season after being the team leader in receptions uh, in 2021 uh, for, for the Tigers. Uh, he actually had a breakout game, you know, a couple weeks ago against SMU. Uh, he had a very slow start, dealt with some injuries and stuff, but now he's he's coming into form. And, and as a result, you know, you have, you have more talent in the receiving core than – you have as a thrower John Rice Plumley. It's, it's almost like the talent's being slightly wasted mm. because he's he's not a natural quarterback. I mean, he's yeah. he he's got fair stats. You know, eighteen hundred yards is pretty good. You know, sixty four percent. Okay, that's that's okay. Yeah. But I, if you look at his film, I mean, when he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's off. <laughs> 
but you know, USF is uh, UCF is not afraid of abandoning the run or abandoning. Sorry, abandoning the pass. And you look at you know John Rice Plumley's stat lines. They abandoned the pass against Georgia Tech, eight of sixteen for forty-nine yards, mm. and, and they end up running for over three hundred yards. You know, they'll take what the defense gives, and if the defense gives them the run, they'll take the run, and they've got the the, the workhorses there to handle it. Nice, it's good to know, man. It's good good information to know for the Bearcat Nation as this game is coming up on Saturday. I want to say it's a three thirty start, three thirty uh, on ESPN, ESPN right? So we get the national broadcast. We don't have to worry about uh, signing in to ESPN.com unless you're doing it mobily. Um, it's not an ESPN Plus game, which is always a win for me. <laughs> always a good – oh, yeah, ESPN Plus. Yeah, uh, I, I actually like ESPN Plus for the exposure of the other stuff. Oh, for sure. But, but you know, because the schools produce the games themselves, ESPN yeah. just ends up being the broadcast medium. A lot of schools, Houston, uh, really need to up their game – <laughs> on making a, uh, a a a a good broadcast, uh, the UCF ECU game this past weekend, it was on ESPNU, but you you would look at the production and you would have thought it was ESPN Plus. I mean, it was terrible. Really? The field cam seemed like slightly out of focus. I yeah. mean, it was, it was it looked very amateur. <laughs> it was, yeah. That made the game that much worse to watch. <laughs> that, yeah, that's rough. Especially like when you get like that when you only get like two angles and you're like, man, this is. Uh, it was 95, you know what I mean? But <laughs> Terrible 95. on the field, terrible off the field. Yeah, your team's playing bad, and then that you get the bad angle. You're like, come on, man. We got two angles. It feels like it's 1995. What's going on here? <laughs> like, am I in a time warp? And we're losing by two touchdowns? It's like, come on. Like, come on. It was, it was just pouring salt on the wound. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> cut it, and you're just like, throw it on here. Burn, burn. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, now we're going to switch sides to the ball, go to the defense. What um, – who are your who are your guys? Let's go each level, D-line, linebacker, secondary. And then um, what do you guys do well? And then what is something that has kind of troubled you guys, in, especially in the two losses? Well, uh, UCF strength are, uh, on the front, on the defensive front, their defensive ends are fantastic. You have Traymond Morris Brash and Josh Selskar. Uh, as defense, the starting defensive ends, and and they're just really good at what they do. Uh, the only thing you can ding them on is occasionally over pursuing, mm-hmm. and you know if you deal with a mobile quarterback or you know something that could you know like a, an end around or a reverse of some sort, mm-hmm. uh, that could come back to bite them. Uh, but uh, they they cause all sorts of mayhem. Uh, uh, Morris Brash is team leader in sacks. He has four sacks on the year, uh, nine tackles for loss. I mean he he's he causes all sorts of disruption. Uh, Salskar, good player in his own right, but kind of gets overshadowed by Morris Brash just because mm. uh, Morris Brash is just a little bit better. Uh, but what happened last year is UCF was a little thin on defensive end, and uh, Anthony Montaldo, who is a defensive lineman, had to switch over. You had a player out of position, missized, missed speed, and they were able to uh, – uh, teams could exploit against it. This year, he's back to defensive tackle, he's, he's and he's actually really good at defensive tackle. Uh, him, Ricky Barber, and then the guy you're going to see a little bit is uh, redshirt freshman Lee Hunter. This guy is a man-child. I, I, he's he's a redshirt freshman, so he's young. But, I mean, he is 
built. I mean, he is huge, and and he's very good at disrupting the middle of the field. He may not get the tackle, but he's going to cause problems for for offensive guards. Nice, nice. So, so we got the line. All right. So, the linebacker situation. How is that looking for you guys this year? Well, coming in, there was a lot of question marks that uh, UCF lost. Uh, their defensive leader in Tatum Bethune to transfer portal. He ended up at Florida State. Uh, and, and Yusuf also patched the, the linebacking core last year and this year through the transfer portal. So you never know what you're going to get. But Jason Johnson, uh, who is a, a transfer from the FCS level, has absolutely been on fire, leads the team with 65 tackles. Uh, holdover Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste is, is basically one of your defensive leaders. He's second in the team in tackles and has done very well. And then what UCF does is their, their third player uh, is, a, is kind of a, is a flex. Is a, they call him the knight, but he's, he's a flex between the linebackers and, and the defensive back. He's actually kind of a converted defensive back, and that's Justin Hodges. And, and this is a hard job to train for because you have to have the tackling technique of a linebacker you have to have the strength of a linebacker the speed of a defensive back the mo- and so it's not easy to, you know, to have a player that can do that justin hodges does a pretty good job uh, he's a little bit slower than some of the other defensive backs but that's also because he's kind of a, a linebacker tweener but but as a result they're able to switch defenses on the fly without him do personnel pack changes mm-hmm. and if a team's playing tempo they can make those changes on the fly nice nice so that's that's a good piece to have somebody that can play like that slot guy if they need to and not be a you know a fish out of water or come down in a box if need be so like that's that's very good to have that flexibility and i'll keep an eye on him on sat on saturday because that'll be something especially if you see sometimes they like to go big personnel you know two two tight ends because they have talent uh, or they can go three wide you know sometimes so i want to see see how you guys match up against against that those uh those uh fronts or whatnot okay so secondary is last last bit right here man now let's talk guys. secondary uh secondary is probably the most stable position as far as from 2021 to 2022 uh you have uh, uh Devontae brown and devod wilson as your your corners they're they're pretty good uh they're both uh, we're on watch lists this year as far as for defensive players you have a third defensive back in, in Corey Thornton. Uh, he tends to be the guy that people pick up, but as a result, he's also the team leader in pass deflections. Nice. So, uh, so I mean, he he's not a bad player, but as far as the other guys, he's the weakest link. Yeah. Uh, you know, the defensive backfield, you have uh, Kobe Perry, who's a, a transfer uh, in this year. Uh, you know, Quadric Bullard, who's who's was one of the team leaders in tackles last year. And he's missed a little bit of time, so it's a lot of guys like uh, Jarvis Ware, who was a, a transfer two years ago, missed last season because of injury, playing now this year. He's had a chance to come in and, and do his thing. Uh, but I, I got to say, you know, between uh, between all the position play, uh, you know, the three position groups, the one that fans and everyone had the least worry about were the defensive backs. Mm-hmm. However, that bit them last week because – uh, UCF kept going to the blitz, and they were they weren't just doing you know like a corner blitz or a single blitz. They were going all out blitzes, trying to mess with Holton Aylers. Yeah. It was backfiring. The defensive backs were on an island, and Aylers was just like he had the cheat code down for those back shoulder throws, 
and there was just nothing they could have done to stop him. Mm. And, you know, at that point, you, you know, sometimes even defensive backs need a little bit of help in there. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. You got to stop the bleeding there occasionally. If he hits a couple, you know. Like, give me a little bit of help. Let me get my confidence back. Then you might be throwing me on the Give me island. something. Yeah. Give me anything. Yeah. <laughs> give me something. <laughs> I can take something away. You know, you don't want to get beat deep. So then sometimes you can see certain stuff. How it goes, man. How it goes. <laughs> For sure. So just, like, what's the op- like what's the, the temperature for UCF right now after the loss? I know, like, when we come to town, vice versa, Normally, it's a lot of fireworks. I know it has been quiet. I don't think anybody's had any bulletin board like quotes yet, yet or anything like that. But like, what's the temperature, man? Like, how do you feel the fans are ramping up for this game? Well, the fans are disappointed because they knew they uh, about the whole college game day thing. Yeah, uh, they they were definitely bumming about that. But it's homecoming week. Uh, one of the best homecoming traditions you'll find anywhere. Spirit Splash is on Friday. It's uh, a big party inside of the giant reflecting pond at UCF uh, towards the front of the campus. That's always a huge deal. Uh, just today, right now, Brent Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, is visiting the campus right now. Saw that. So, you know, this they had to reschedule it from a few weeks ago. This just happens to be when it when it is. It's you know this week. So I, I think coming back home, being the you know, homecoming game, uh, they're going to debut. Uh, new uniforms that they that they haven't worn yet uh, in this game, as they call it, their night mode uniforms, uh, which are uh, a, a black with gold, no white in them. Uh, you know, so you know if that's a big deal to fans here, and I, I think the players will feed off that. As you know from previous experience, this stadium here, which is FBC Morgan Stadium, is a very difficult place to play in. It's a steel stadium. It's very loud. It's built for sound. And, you know, if they can get anything close to the atmosphere of 2018, it's going to be a really difficult place to play. For sure. For sure. It is, man. It's probably – this is the game – one of the games definitely marked on the calendar for the Bearcats. And quiet is kept. Their toughest games, like far as on paper, have been on the road. Like um, starting off with Arkansas. You know, on the road, you guys on the road, SMU on the road. Um, I need to look at the rest of the schedule. I think they may have Tulane home at home, though. So that's that's positive. But this is a game that everybody has marked on their calendar just because this was game of the year. Definitely game of the year. Like essentially, I'm so sad. Like I I'm so sad you guys lost last week. Like super sad. Like it was funny for the memes and all the jokes and stuff, but like uh, far as had a blast. They had oh, yeah. blast. And you know what? They earned it. They yeah. that that team was dialed in, ready to play. And you know, as frustrating as a loss is you, you gotta hand it to a team when they do well. Oh for it's sure. Not, it's not that UCF lost the game. ECU won that game. They did sure. they did everything right. So you know you got can't you gotta give them all the credit in the world and, and let them have their moment. Yep. And, yep. and you know UCF has been very almost overconfident in certain ways, you know, leaving for the Big 12. I mean, Cincinnati's yeah. kind of the same boat. Yeah. Uh, you know, the foot's already out the door. It's yeah. like, let me close the door already. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, the holdover like East Carolina, you know, they're going to hold on to anything they can at this point. I don't blame them. No, you, you have to, man. You have to. We've, we all, we've all been there. We've all been the team that been left out of the talk. Or you know these teams are leaving and you're stuck. You know you're like the 
like the young brother that can't go anywhere where the big brother is leaving and you know it and you're like i'm i could play with them you know what i mean <laughs> so now i gotta try to beat them i'm gonna try everything i can do to beat them you're gone I can't stop you from leaving, but I, if I could beat you on the way out the door, it makes me feel a lot better, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and just the, the mocking that comes with it afterwards. I, some people got upset. Nah, I thought it was hysterical. I, <laughs> I love the creativity that these social media te- uh, teams get, you know, that put together. It's great. Yeah, no. give me more. Yeah, for sure, man. It, it makes it it makes it great. It makes it like when your content comes, people love it. That's the thing. Like, you post stuff after that, like you could get in some back and forth, whatever, because it's just for all just and giggles. But at the same time, because the people care or they do this stuff, it brings more attention to UCF or ECU or, you know, UC, or right? Whoever. Right. Whoever, whoever's a part of that, it helps them. So it's it's all good, man. At the end of the day, it, it's good back and forth. And it's yeah. college sports. That That's what makes college sports special is you get stuff like that. I mean, pro pros great in its own way, but it's, it's corporate. It's more mm-hmm. sterile. Uh, you, you can play to the emotions a lot more with college. For sure. Uh, because you got a lot more youthful energy involved. It's just, it's just a different energy. 100%, man. Cool. So I'm asking the hard question now to see, say the best for last. What is your prediction for Saturday? Ooh, this is a tough one. I think that's one reason why both fan bases are being kind of quiet about this. Uh, after Cincinnati barely squeaked by you know, hapless South Florida. Yeah. And after UCF got curb stopped by ECU, both teams are a little like a little uneasy. A fan base like, uh yeah. Here's the thing. We've seen what UCF can do at home. They are a incredibly tough home team. Uh, I think two of the four losses that they've had in the last seven, eight years at, at home have been during 2020 when it was re, you know restricted fan base. You know that that can turn up uh, now, but they're back to 100. Uh, percent They've only lost one game since, and that was Louisville earlier this year. Uh, I actually have UCF in a very close one, uh, and, and and you know got to try to keep the glasses off on this one. I actually, uh, I, I I'll be honest, I picked SMU to beat UCF, and I had to eat those words. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, but the, the the truth is that home field advantage matters. The fact that that Cincinnati struggles against the run that matters. Uh, it's play, it's playing in the favor of the Knights, and and I think uh, it's going to become a momentum thing. And, and I and I think despite Luke Fickle being an outstanding head coach, I think he's going to lose the players a little bit as far as getting frustrated when things just don't start you know start going wrong uh, in the second half, and and they just can't seem to get any momentum going. The last. Uh, three games prior to uh, ECU, UCF has been almost unstoppable in the second half, holding Florida Atlantic to 19 yards in the second half. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, they, they shut down. Obviously, Temple's not very good, but they outscored them 56 nothing in the second half. Yeah. Uh, SMU only scored on the very last play of the game in garbage time. Uh, so, I mean, this is a team that – when, when in the proper mindset, when they make those second half adjustments, can be absolutely devastating on a team uh, coming to visit them. All right, so we'll see what happens, man. Hopefully, Bearcats stay clean. They don't have <laughs> to stay clean in this game. That's not a forte that they. <laughs> if you look at all their games, that's going to normally happen, especially with the penalties. Turnovers, oh, yeah. kind of control. Penalties so. have been a problem. Penalties have been a problem. So that's what makes me a little nervous. Um, this game is already going to be a tight one. Um, probably at the beginning of the year, I might have said loss. Um, 
So, like, I still don't know what I want to do. It just depends. Like, I feel like if Tyler Scott's back this week, I'll, I think they might eke one out um, just because of that boost of having him. And I just feel like him and Ben have this connection that, especially early, that teams normally can't stop or are shocked that it happens. And then you're like, what the heck is this? And then they're rolling from there. So, it's fingers crossed. Momentum. It's momentum, UCF man. It's a can't... slow starting defensive team. He's going to strike. They got to strike early. Yeah, so you see, like they start off fast, and I feel good. If they start off slow. I'm gonna be a little nervous. I think they they're what a one point favorite last time I checked, or when it first opened I up. I don't know. Last time it was a half point. Half point went down to half. Dang. Last time I saw half. that was. Um, I mean, it's it's constantly changing. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, three they take three points to the visitor, so that's basically kind of like more like a, a two and a half point. Cincinnati favorite in real life. Yeah, yeah. I always take three points to the home team as as just that home base advantage. Yeah, yeah. So they, they UC wins by a field goal. It's gonna be like it's gonna and, be close. It's, and it's then I wouldn't be shocked one. if it goes the other way either. So like, because it's, it's, it's gonna be key. I mean, I think the positive of Arkansas is they got to do it on the road. So hopefully that prepares them here, and I just hope they don't blow plays. Like that's one of the games, you know, they did lose. It was one of those games that they will, they gave it away more so than Arkansas beat them. You know, right. people and people might be like, oh, it sounds like a homerism. It's like if Ben Bryant hits three of those five deep balls he misses in the first half, I mean that's countless points on the board. You just laugh. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I mean, wide open guys, five guards and front of the defender and he's under overthrowing them and it's rough. So, well there's truth to that too. There's there's truth to that especially you know it's early season. Yeah. Uh, you know even though Bryant was there before he left to come back, uh you know there's still an acclimation period that's going on. And exactly. I, you know it takes time, you know first couple games, it's why you get those out of conference games out of the way because the most important thing is the conference. Yeah. So you get those 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 miscues out and then you you start hitting your stride once that conference schedule starts. No more excuses. You gotta go do it. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, Ben plays clean. And we don't have silly turnovers. I mean turnovers, but like penalties. Turnovers are important, of course. But silly penalties that prolong drives. If they're going to get off the field and they get off the field, they got to do that. They can't have that. I mean, last week I think they were fourteen for one twenty-nine. So they can't have that against you guys. You can't. You can't. Not running game. Nope. So you just can't have that. So and then they, in the red zone they got score touchdowns because I, I love that Cole had a heck of a game last week five or six made a fifty two yarder but we got the ball in the nine yard line and didn't score <laughs> I mean you got a field goal you can't do that after a turnover so and you can't, UCF can't specializes in short yardage defense yeah uh, so they are really good in the red zone uh, normally they tend to play a little bit soft you know elsewhere in the field it's kind yeah. of bend don't break when you start getting that short field uh, they're tough. They're yeah, real yeah. tough. So I want to see how that goes, man. It's going to be a lot of matchups within the matchup that I want to see, like inside the red zone, who's going to win that battle, who's going to win the penalty battle. Um, can you see control the running game? I don't think they can stop it just because you guys, that's what you guys want to do. Uh, but I want to see if they can make it where they have to pass. You know what I mean? Like if it's third and eight, third and seven, they, you know, now Plumlee has to pass. I mean, they may, they may still run it, but uh, it, it would probably – be wise for them to pass. I want to see how they hold up and see if they can make them get a little uncomfortable. But yeah, we shall contained. see. That's a big thing. Outside containment. For sure. For sure. So we shall see what happens, man. But uh, Drew, I want to let um let everybody know where they can find your work. So 
um, they want to get more information about UCF before the game or even afterwards, they can uh, bother you and maybe uh, <laughs> spam you on social media. I'll bring it on. I love it. Uh, I, I feed off this stuff. <laughs> uh, you can catch me on Twitter at StatboyDrew. Uh, I'm part of uh, the Black and Gold Banneret, which is the UCF site for SB Nation. Uh, I'll be in the press box for the game. Uh, I'll have a, a post-game knee-jerk reactions. Uh, but, you know, don't don't hesitate to to uh, ask questions, you know, a little bit of trash talk. There's, you know, it's all in good fun. You know, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm an Ohio boy myself, so, you know, I've, I've always had a soft spot for the Bearcats because, you know, I grew up a Buckeye, but come on, always had a root for the Ohio teams. Uh, so, you know, I'm thrilled that both teams are moving to the Big 12 together and, and there's going to be future matchups. But, uh, you know, when it comes to a situation like this, I got to down the black and gold and root for the Knights. Understandable, man. Understandable. Make sure you guys check out my man Drew on the black and gold banneret. And this is all for – actually, make sure you guys check out the TFOM podcast and also the Bearcat tip-off podcast. We dropped our first one with – Alex Meacham and Neil Meyer and myself. Search that is under TFON. And then also get some gear. Go to 513 Shirts and get you some TFON gear. And let us know that you got it, man. So uh, I'm JT Steph. And I'm signing out. Let me squeeze.